You are now listening to the Redskins Couch Dad Podcast with your host, Rod Murray. What's up? It's your host, Rod Murray, man. It's Tuesday, the last day to address any week three games, man. And we had a big one for us, man. We had a huge game against the Raiders at home on Sunday night. I know a lot of fans are excited. I am excited. I definitely didn't expect that type of performance from us, you know. But all the same, as I start off every win, here it is. Hell to the Redskins, man. Big win for us, man. If you are a Redskins fan, then I know going into work uh, Monday felt a little bit better. You was able to stick your chest out. Definitely gloat that your team won in a dominant performance over the Raiders, man, that nobody expected. Nobody expected us to come out and do what we did from the gate. Getting that interception on the second play of the game and then going down and driving the score. So magical game for us, especially given how a lot of our night games had turned out to this point. And we want to get into some of those things as well. Um, first, let's start off with, let's give a round of applause to Kirk Cousins, man. Definitely, regardless of all the talk and turmoil that's going around his contract situation, 25 for 30, 365, three touchdowns, QBR of 88.5 on a Sunday night game against that Raiders defense. Man, that's that that's magical. You know, that you don't get those type of numbers on Madden and when you're playing on like rookie or pro. So definitely hats off to Kirk Cousins, the way he definitely just kind of commanded that offense and ran it down the field and made all the right decisions for us. It was real huge, man, going forward. I think that helped his confidence as the game got better. I believe the defensive play, which I will get into later because it deserves its own moment and own recognition for what it did. It allowed Kirk Cousins to play more efficiently, more confidently, and he got the ball in position. And he was very, very safe with the ball. He didn't make throws that were forced. No errant throws this game, which is real big. No major overthrows. And I want to say the five incompletions he had, uh, that was just because the defense collapsed on us and he had to get rid of the ball. So it wasn't any passes that he blatantly overthrew. Great games from Kirk Cousins out the gate, man. I, I, I'm I, one of the few people that are not, and I will admit, not in a... Not in Kirk Cousins' corner when it comes to a long-term deal because I believe he has his he has his inefficiencies. However, Sunday night he definitely didn't show any of those. So if I had to say hey, you got one game to show and prove whether you deserve a contract and he used this type of performance, I'm definitely hush mouth given the situation at, after Sunday night. Real big and real huge for us. Another big game for Chris Thompson. I mean, what can this man cannot do? What can he not do for us? Six receptions for 150 yards, eight run, rushes for 38 yards, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like our run game got off the ground like we expected it to, but with P. Ryan back there, we expected some growing pains. We expected a fumble, which happened, but it's only going to get better with time as he understands the offensive line and they build that chemistry. But again, from Chris Thompson to come out in that type of regard, knowing he's a third down back and still being able to contribute in the way that he did, that man's a baller. He's a player. And I'm glad we kept him around long-term for at least for the next two years. And I'm sure we'll rework that um, later down the line. But our offense, hats off to the offensive line. For the most part, kept Khalil Mack in check. 
I mean, he had his hands full, Morgan Moses, that is, with him. Um, we did provide him help sometimes, but for the most part, we didn't have to provide as much uh, chip blocks as I, I thought we would need to out, out the beginning. Um, he made a couple plays, but, I mean, he's a, he's an all-pro linebacker slash defensive end. He's going to make plays. So to see us come out and be able to contain him like we did while executing our offense and not having to sacrifice an additional blocker or a tight end, Vernon Davis, five reception for 58 yards and a touchdown. So we didn't have to chip as many players or have to keep our tight ends blocked. So hats off to Morgan Moses in that offensive line. Sean Laval, I've given him a hard time this entire offseason. Every game I say is his last game as a star left guard. And while I believe his future is not concrete um, as of yet and he cannot be replaced, I think he's playing well enough and deserves recognition as well for his play throughout this entire, this little two-game span. I, say, I hate to get overly excited, but we've been great. And Coach Gruden has coached two perfect games. I won't call him perfect, but let's just say he's coached two outstanding games thus far. You know, going forward, we have the Chiefs next week. Going forward, I can only see that growing. I love that we got Samaji uh, 19 carries. Wow. While it only uh, netted us 49 yards, so it's not a huge per average, but the fact that we were able to stay with it, you know what I'm saying? And he has the ability to break them for 9, 10 yards. I think as long as it was 9 yards. So given that, the Raiders could not commit as much um, to the run, the run game, and it allowed us to continue just peg away, peg away. Um, at the paddish underneath. You know, our two biggest plays, I believe, were both underneath routes. The screenplay out of the backfield of Chris Thompson. And I believe we had, uh, earlier, we had a slant to Jamison Crowder that went under- underneath for like 30 yards. But then we also had the biggest one, you know, another round of applause to somebody that finally showed up, Josh Dotson. Um, I'm so glad he finally got involved in that manner. Um, it was so fulfilling to see him go up over David Amerson's head and snag one for a touchdown, you know. I love seeing that. And I've been preaching that we needed to get him involved because of his big playability. And that is exactly why he brought him in, to high point the ball and score. I just think we need to get him more involved in the offense. That was the start of something that could be amazing for us going forward if we just get him more involved. That was real huge. Regardless of what he said, um, I think uh, Terrell Pryor is going to get going. He only had two receptions, was targeted four times, so that's safe. Given what, where we were going, the silent assassin got his catches. You know, He was three for 31 with four targets and Ryan Grant. He had another solid uh, contribution to the game. I just think all around, this is what we want to see when our offense is clicking. I would love to see our offensive uh, ground attack work more, but given, like I said, given that situation with Robert Kelly being out and Samaji P. Ryan not having that patience just yet to see holes develop it's going to be growing pains but i am hats off to that we did not leave it i was afraid that we'd only see about nine carries total but we had 34 as a team we had 34 rushing attempts and even mac brown who um i'm starting to realize a lot of fans are 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 privy to him and excited about him i'm not just of yet um but then again that could go back to he's a florida gator and i'm a florida state seminole you know, so that couldn't be that little pettiness that won't allow me to accept him just as yet. But I said it, man. Um, If he gets the carries, wake me up. Because right now I'm sleeping on Mac Brown. I don't believe he has it as far as a full-term contributor. I love a hey, great story. Um, He's a hard worker. I will not take anything from his ability because I do not know that man personally. I think he's a professional. He's on that level. But at the end of the day, I just don't see it. I don't see his, his abilities translating to long-term success out of our backfield. I say that, but he was 6 for 27. Well, 11 yards, you know what I'm saying, late in the game. But more opportunities, maybe he could turn me around. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, but I'm just one person. That's my outside of it. But I am starting to realize um, through my connections and conversations with Redskins fans that he's a, he's a fan favorite. So if fans like him, I would love to see him. And if he proves me wrong, hey, wake me up, man. Mac Brown, please wake me up. 
go off one game, and I'll be the biggest Mac Brown fan here. I love to see us succeed, man, and I love us. I love to see new talent in the backfield, man. I love when new talent emerges because it shows again that we are one of the few teams in the NFL um, that can take, uh, you know, what I'm saying diamonds in the rough in terms of success stories. Alfred Morris was our last biggest one. Robert Kelly's one now. So Mac Brown, please throw your name in that that hat full, full of running backs that that nobody gave a chance on. We did. And look at us now. Chris Thompson is another one. You know what I'm saying? So we, we've we been prone to grabbing running backs that people overlook and being able to succeed with their their, uh, with their potential and what they give us and their ability. So I hope he does prove me wrong. Now, let's get into the biggest part of the game. The defense. This is what we need to see if we want to be a Super Bowl contending team. We need to hold a team with as much firepower as the Oakland Raiders have. Found with their rushing attack with Marshawn Lynch. They've had the receiving game with probably at least two, I'll say top, top 25 talents at the wide receiver position in Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. If I look around the NFL, do I see 25 receivers better than them? I'm sure I could probably bump that to 30, but I don't see 30 receivers better than the duo of Cooper and Crabtree in NFL. And they're on both on one team. They, you're throwing Jared Cook in there. You're throwing Seth Roberts. You're throwing Marshawn Lynch out the backfield and what he can do. And Cordell Patterson, who's like the jack-of-all-trades, they had an electrifying offense, and we held them to 132 yards total offense. Now, that's with 45, 46 offensive plays. So regardless of the math, and two turnovers with four sacks, that was a dominant performance by a defense, man. I herald Monte Nicholson as our future free safety early on in the week, and if he didn't come out and submit that to some some Redskins fans, I'm not sure what you're waiting on. He was aggressive at the point of attack, attacking the football, making plays. He caught an interception. He high-punted the ball. He can run from sideline to sideline. That's what we need from a free safety, and he does it for us. Very, 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 very Earl Thomas potential-like. Not Earl Thomas by any means. Am I saying that he's Earl Thomas? But he has those same characteristics that Earl Thomas has to be successful. His ball instincts are great from what I've seen so far in the last two games. He has the speed. I see his running stride for stride with Amara Cooper on one deep ball, and he can come up and hit. So what do we not want or love in Monte Nicholson? Great find by uh, Bruce Allen and company. I can't be mad as I tweeted out. For as much as I may hate or dislike his tactics at times, he put together a very, very, very strong defensive draft this offseason and, and deserves to be commended for that so far. Another one, another small nitpick. And like I said, he was of the full success of our defense. He really didn't play much. So if you didn't pay attention or, or like some people, as I used to be with other games or special teams, I'll go take a bathroom break or whatnot. Fabian Monroe, two huge special team plays. I think it's, again, he's another guy, not this year, but definitely maybe next year because Breland is playing a lot better than I thought he would early on. I believe Fabian Monroe is our uh, future corner at some point. I'm not sure when, but he'll get an opportunity and he'll be out there playing for us. The defensive line play was huge. I love our 4-3 base, that we, our 4-2 base, our nickel base that we use with Kerrigan and Smith on the end. I think that, again, I've preached it before. I'll continue to do it until we make it our full-term adjustment. I believe Kerrigan and Smith at the defensive end position, very similar to how just Davian Clowney made that uh, transition back to DN. That's where they're most effective. Coming off the ball, straight off as an edge rusher against a defensive end. You can do it as an outside linebacker, but I think you'd be had as an outside linebacker. You have more reads, more decisions you have to make, and I believe Kerrigan and Smith are just football players. And we have, for football players that are just football players, you have to make it simple. And to keep it simple, I think our best 
their best at putting a hand in the dirt, coming off the ball, and just defeating that left or right tackle, respectively. And they did that. We were able to edge rush them. We were able to, if we needed to, bull rush them. And we were able to spare them. Not a huge fan, I would like to note this, not a huge fan of Ryan Anderson. I'm in a three-point stance. It worked against Donald Penn, so I can't talk too much about it. Donald Penn is one of the premier left tackles in the NFL at this point right now, but I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Anderson um, down in a three-point stance. I think he's a little smaller. And if somebody takes advantage of that, they can swallow him up, you know, throw a tight end over there and, and just wash him down. So not a huge fan of it. He, he does stay outside, but again, I would much rather see him standing up. If we, like again, my in my mind, the future, the not future, but a dream scenario would be we come out in a base front of four with Kerrigan and Smith, and if we needed to spare them and we wanted to show a three-four front, then we can use Anderson and Galette down at uh, the outside linebackers to allow them, you know what I'm saying, to be the speed rushers then. Although Galette did do a good job sparing Smith, uh, Kerrigan on the left side, three-point stance as well, but just not something I'm privy to. Maybe I'll grow more comfortable with it as a season goes on but right now I just don't believe that's his best fit. Ionitis and Allen another stud performance again clogging up that inside of the line. Lyon Mac, um, not Mason Foster who did not play but Martel Spates who did a great job filling in for Mason Foster in my opinion. Allowing Spates and Zach Brown to climb over the top of the defense make a lot of tackles and allow kind of our underneath approach as we did with our defense allowing everything to stay underneath and forcing Derek Carter throw it to them underneath routes a lot sooner than allowing them to develop or get behind our defense which I think was real big for us this game. We didn't allow Derek Carr to take any deep shots. He only had 118 yards total. And I like to say a lot of those came in garbage time when they were just throwing the ball down the middle of the field and we were just trying to keep him in bounds. But needless to say, a great game by us, man, all the way around. Huge game. Hat off to the coaching staff. I'm not sure what the motivational speech was or it just had probably was just the fact that nobody gave us the opportunity or the chance. Nobody really thought we had the ability to win this game, man. So if I'm giving out game balls, man, the first game ball goes to the defense as a whole. I'm sure Monte Nicholson kept his first interception ball and Kendall Fuller again, who forced two turnovers, which predicted, I won't say I predicted it, I just had a great feeling that he would uh, put his imprint and stamp on this game, and he did. Had an interception as well and a forced fumble late in the game against Seth Roberts. So another person that was definitely critical to our success on the defensive side of the ball. So hack offs go to him as well. But that entire defense, man, you could pinpoint various players, but at the end of the day, they played so much like a unit that it would be unfair and unjustly just to say one person deserved that game ball. So the entire defense gets one. And if I'm giving one to the offense, aside it has to go to Kirk Cousins and Chris Thompson man they both proved while one Chris Thompson got his extension and Kirk Cousins is very deserving of an extension so hats off to those two on the offensive side of the ball and again the defense again thank you for showing that we are and can prove to be a Super Bowl contending team if we play like this night in and night out but now the challenge becomes can you repeat that success can we come out on another primetime game the only game on TV this entire day on next Monday against a Red Hot Chief team can we come out and do that? I'll have my keys to that on a future podcast coming out maybe Thursday or Friday, man. I'm also working on a couple of other ideas as well, man. But before I go, man, I definitely want to give a shout out to the entire Redskins fan base on social media, man. Over the last couple of days, man, I've met and connected with a lot of great Redskins fans. And it's just warming to know that there's so many fans out there like us that love content, man, that are blogging, that are podcasting, that are just getting our voice out there, expressing our wide range of support for our team, man. I got to give a special shout out to Die Hard, Otis, man. 
man, who definitely reeled me in. Great person on Twitter to connect with. If you're not right now, you're a Redskins fan. You're not following that man. You're messing up. The Redskins tweet team, another one, man, that definitely embraced me and, and accepted my information and my content, man. I, I just, it's in this short time, I've met a lot of Redskins fans, man. So to all of us, I say hail to the Redskins, man, and thank you for accepting me and my content and my perspective. But signing off, man, like I said, I I'll put another one out Thursday and Friday. This is the last day to address week three before we get our minds right for our big week four matchup against the Chiefs because everybody's going to be checking to see if we can repeat that success. Everybody's on notice now, so we have to come out and be strong. So I'll put out um, another podcast probably Thursday or Friday. But again, man, this has been Rod Murray. This is the Redskins Couch Dad Podcast. Thank you for listening.